Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. We're going to begin with a healthcare story that is very familiar, but we will add some facts you may never have heard before. First, imagine being told you have breast cancer. I was upset for a minute, but even though 99% of you says the test is going to be negative, but there's that 1% that said, just in case, you better get ready. Then imagine as you absorb the implications of that very personal revelation, imagine realizing that you are in a group of women whose chance of surviving breast cancer has not improved at the same pace as high-tech detection and cancer treatment over the past 30 years. Today, doctors find a widening dividing line between black women and white women diagnosed with breast cancer. The line is the survival line. One recent study found that African-American women are on average 40 percent more likely to die of breast cancer than their white counterparts. With those statistics in mind, we're going to get under the skin here. It's the title of our series starting this week, Under Her Skin, Living with Breast Cancer. Over the next six months, three African-American women living with the disease will share their stories with us about treatment, family, jobs, home. They'll share some intimate details about how they made decisions to get surgeries that will forever alter their bodies. They'll tell us what it's like to be young and single and trying to date while diagnosed with cancer. They'll tell us about what it's like to lose their hair. Through audio diaries, we'll be following their stories for the next six months. We begin, as all patients do in this situation, with questions for a doctor. Kathy Ann Joseph is an assistant professor of surgery and director of breast services at Bellevue Hospital and NYU Langone Medical Center, Our first question for her is why this disparity exists between black and white women. There was always a disparity, actually. And the problem is that the disparity has persisted and it's actually widening. Mm -hmm. And that's the conundrum. That's what's really the problem with all the technology and the drop in the uh, mortality rates. Overall, African-American women have not benefited. And initially, we thought that the disparity was due to the fact that African-American women had not had the access to screening mammographies and the new um, medications like tamoxifen and Mm -hmm. so forth. Mm -hmm. But it's been 20 years, 30 years, and this disparity still persists. African-American women have a 40 percent higher rate of dying from breast cancer than white women. Is there an internal sort of tissue-related physiological reason for this, that cancers reach a particular trigger point where they're more aggressive based on race? For some, yes. Mm -hmm. That's part of it. There's a subtype of breast cancer that's called triple negative breast cancer, and that's gotten a lot of press in past years. These are cancers that don't respond. There's no targeted therapy for them. 30% of uh, African-American women have triple negatives versus 10 to 15% in the entire for that's all so women. That's so scary. That is so um, scary. So that's part of it, but that's only 30% of African-American women. It's a substantial number, and that's real. But that's always been the case. The genetics hasn't changed. But I, I think that we still need to focus on access for African-American women to get into the healthcare system because we clearly have the technology, we have the screening, we have the treatments, and for some reason, there's a population of women that are not benefiting. They're not getting in on time to get treated, and they're not getting all the options that may be available to them. 
What would be the impediments towards access? Is it information? Is it education? Is it some sort of socioeconomic insurance kind of issue? All of the above. Yes, mm. I do believe that. I think that for many women, it's it's lack of education and knowing if they don't have insurance, they may feel that they can't get a mammogram in certain areas. I know I, I'm in New York, so there is the ability to get free screening if you, even if you don't have insurance and no questions asked whether you're undocumented or not. And by the way, and if you are diagnosed, you can get coverage for your treatment all the way through. And I know that's a real concern for many women. And then there's the concern for many women who have families and who work and how are they going to, they're thinking down the line about how am I going to handle all of this. And then it may all snowball in a woman's head as to, you know what, I'd rather not even deal with that. So I'm not going to go get that mammogram. You know, we, we, we talked with someone young, couldn't be more knowledgeable, mm-hmm. um, couldn't be more like obsessed with like the inputs she puts into her body, you know, in terms of like best kind of diet, best kind of healthy food. I mean, she's not messing around in any way whatsoever. And she's diagnosed. Um, And she's really scared by these statistics. Has there been any study done of inputs, behavioral inputs, uh, dietary issues that could possibly, uh, you know, warn people early on? In this particular case, it wouldn't have mattered. But uh, I'm just wondering if there's any epidemiological evidence out there that would point the way. We do know that there are certain measures that women can take to reduce their risk. And we know that there are certain health conditions in the African-American community that we need to work on as a group, like obesity, hypertension, the whole cardiac risk factors. And we know that women who are overweight or obese have a higher risk of developing breast cancer. So that's one issue that we need to work on, physical activity. We know that women who have breast cancer but are physically active do better. What I tell women when I go out to the, into the community, because I do a lot of community outreach, is that breast cancer, if it's caught early, it's very treatable. I mean, that's the thing. No one wants to get cancer. No one does. But if it's caught early, you have such a great opportunity to live a long healthy life. So it doesn't do you any good to put your head in the sand and try to ignore it or not go for that mammogram. Or if you have a lump, pretend, wish it away. It's not going to go away. Be proactive because the earlier that you are diagnosed, the better your survival. Is there something about, uh, you know, in in big, strong African-American families where often the woman is kind of the caregiver, taking care of everybody else, that she always puts herself last and that that, that can be a, a contributor to late treatment, late detection, that sort of thing? Yeah, in many, in many instances, yes. Many women feel that they have to care for their children, their family. Many patients don't even want to tell their family, even if they're going through treatment. They go through it alone. They don't want to have their family. Really? Yes, yes, that often happens. So. You know, we got this crazy statistic here that uh, Memphis is the deadliest major American city for African-American women with breast cancer. Why would that be? I can only speculate that there may need to be some more outreach in that community and other cities like Memphis. There's some gap between what the medical system is providing and what the women in that community are receiving. I mean, what helps reduce the mortality rates is not just having hospitals that can provide the care. Any hospital can have a doctor that can do the operation and the the chemotherapy. You have to get the patient in. 
and you also have to provide the support. Breast cancer is one of these cancers that really truly requires multidisciplinary support. You're not just treating the patient. You're treating all the issues that come with the patient. And if you're dealing with an underserved population, you may also need to be able to provide that patient with um, social work. Um, maybe a legal team that may be able to help them with maybe eviction or domestic abuse, psychological support. They're not going to come in and just say right out to you, Doc, I need, a, I need a psychologist or I need to talk to someone because I'm depressed or I feel inadequate because I had a mastectomy. All of these things will play a role, and they may not be able to articulate that to you right out front. They may be embarrassed. Well, I'm sure your voice will be very helpful to our friends that we're on this journey with. Dr. Joseph, thanks so much. It's a pleasure. Dr. Kathy Ann Joseph is an assistant professor of surgery and director of breast services at Bellevue Hospital and NYU Langone Medical Center.